It's time. Time for what, you might ask? It's time to optimize your health and upgrade your life. Cutting-edge research, biohacks, ancestral wisdom, wellness, intuition, and more. This is The Synthesis of Wellness. Your host and biohacker Chloe Porter has a background in engineering, innovation, and research. Her analytical background coupled with her journey in overcoming a brain tumor and defeating several chronic illnesses enables her to approach health and wellness in an innovative way. And now more than ever, she is ready to share her biohacking secrets and expose cutting edge research. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Today, we are extremely honored and excited to have Gerald Pollock on the podcast. He maintains an active laboratory at the University of Washington in Seattle. He is the founding editor-in-chief of Water, a multidisciplinary research journal, executive director of the Institute for Venture Science, co-founder of Fourth Phase, Inc., and founder of the annual conference on the physics, chemistry, and biology of water. He has also received countless honors and is recognized internationally as an accomplished speaker and author. And I know with all of that said, we are just scratching, just barely scratching the surface, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We're really excited to have you. Uh, I'm just delighted to be with you. Very happy to uh um, to be present and to answer any questions you might have. There's well, thank to you. talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I want to just dive right in and really understand, you know, your interest in this fourth phase of water, exclusion zone water, and we're going to get into all of that, but just kind of setting the foundation at, at the beginning. Uh, the foundation. Okay, so what is... Fourth phase water or easy water, we call it easy because it stands for exclusion zone. But I think fourth phase is is probably the uh, better descriptor. So everybody knows about the three phases of water, right? It's solid, liquid, and, and vapor. But what a lot of people don't know is uh, is that there are a lot of so-called anomalies. In other words, if you start with that paradigm that there are three phases of water, a lot of stuff doesn't fit. Um, and um, uh, one, one uh, scientist has actually uh, 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 detailed that, uh, the list of, uh, of the ones that don't fit. And I think the total is like 60 or 60 odd um, observations that don't fit. So, you know, usually the, uh, the, the usual style is to, uh, to put those anomalies, to sweep them under the rug. Um, and, and kind of think that, well, somebody in the future might figure out how they actually do fit because we know, we know, 
quote unquote, that the three phase paradigm uh, must be correct. And therefore those observations must somehow fit. Well, you know, there reaches a point when the number of observations that don't fit uh, is problematic because, uh, you know, if there are two or three or something, uh, maybe it's okay. But, uh, but when the number uh, totals something like 60 or so, then it becomes problematic. And, and we've reached that point. So, uh, so why uh, then, why are we thinking about uh, a fourth phase of water? Well, it all started from a guy named uh, Gilbert Ling, or even before him. Uh, Gilbert Ling came from China, uh, from a distinguished group of scientists. Uh, uh, he was in the first cohort, and uh, at least one of them won a Nobel Prize. Uh, and my student tells me the second one won a Nobel Prize. And then there's Gilbert Ling, who I think should have won multiple Nobel Prizes for all that, that he contributed. And his idea, his idea was that in biology, uh, that is in, inside the cell, uh, the water is not like liquid water, ordinary liquid water. He called it structured. What he meant was that the molecules are, are somehow lined up, um, you know, like soldiers at attention. Um, and, and he didn't call it a different phase of water. He just called it structured water. Mm -hmm. And we began, after I, I met him or I was suitably impressed, we began studying this. And what he was talking about is molecules lined up, uh, water molecules lined up. And, and, and if they're lined up, it's like a, like a crystal. It's very well organized, a liquid crystal. And we had the idea that uh, since crystals are pure, uh, um, or many crystals are pure, in order to gain purity, it, it must have to get rid of any impurities that were there to begin with as the crystal forms. Uh, they would be excluded uh, from that zone. So we set up an experiment um, in, in which um, we started with a gel, a chunk of gel immersed in water, and, and with little tiny particles, microspheres we used, and we found immediately that right next to the surface of the gel, where the gel intersected with the water, the, those microspheres were excluded. And that's why we called it exclusion zone. But as, uh -huh. we, as, as we found uh, more, uh, we observed more and more uh, about the, the, the structure or the physical chemical properties of the water in this zone, uh, we began to realize that everything is different. Uh, it's it's not at all liquid water. And by the way, you can demonstrate that yourself if you're brave enough. You take, are you brave? I, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> all right. Well, take a razor blade. Um, okay. You know, and, and, and cut yourself and see what emerges. Well, of course, blood emerges, uh, but no water emerges. And it's kind of odd because if the cells are made of water and you cut yourself, the water would come pouring out like um, water pouring out from a breached water pipe. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. And, and surgeons uh, tell me, surgeons who dig deeply into the body, they tell me uh, that, you know, you can cut right through a muscle and the water doesn't come out. So the water mm -hmm. is different. And, and um, that, that's just one common observation to, to demonstrate that the water inside your body is not liquid water. And, and so we found that it is this fourth phase of water, which Gilbert Ling had 
talked about as, as being uh, molecules of water piled on, uh, upon one another for, for long distances. And that was his idea, and he had a lot of evidence, and other people had evidence. But we found, we found mostly that, uh, as we studied it, that, that we were in agreement um, that, that the water is organized, structured in some way, but it was different from what, <clears throat> what Gilbert said. And, and the difference was when we stuck uh, an electrode in, into uh, the region, the EZ region or fourth phase region, we found it was negatively charged. It was not neutral. See, water oh. molecules are neutral. Uh, right. You can line up water molecules uh, from Seattle, where I live, uh, all the way to Philadelphia, you know, and uh, you won't get negative charge. <laughs> it's, neutral. it's neutral. But we found right. the negative charge. And, and therefore, uh, Gilbert Ling's idea was not quite correct. We, we were able to confirm that this was an ordered, structured uh, kind of water, but it was different uh, from, from what Gilbert had talked about. And, and uh, just one, one more point that's really important, uh, if not critical. If you start with water, water is neutral. If you find mm -hmm. a zone, uh, like our exclusion zone, uh, which is negatively charged, there must be another region that's positively charged because <laughs> they have to right. add up to neutrality, right? And we found it. And so the exclusion zone was negatively charged. And the, the region just beyond the exclusion zone was positively charged. And therefore, if you put one electrode into the negative zone and another electrode into the positive zone and connect it to a light bulb or LED, um, you can light you can light the LED because it's like a battery. Uh, and and, uh, and that's, that's really important because if this stuff really fills your cells, it's like a battery, uh, it can provide energy. You know, uh, how do we know that it's not providing energy to the body? And I think it is. And we have some, we have some experiments that demonstrate indeed that it, 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 it's really so. So, um, so anyway, just to summarize, we found a fourth phase, we call it fourth phase of water because all the properties are, are so different. And, and if you cut yourself, um, this stuff stays inside the cell because, because the fourth phase actually, actually the, this water sticks to the surface of like um, whatever, whatever is nucleating the growth. I, I mentioned gel, but it's also, mm -hmm. it's various kinds of gels or other polymers or amino acids or proteins in the body that, that, that build it. And, and the easy water sticks to it so it doesn't come out. So that's uh, the essence. And, and, and the main point, uh, you, by the way, you can stop me when you want because- No, I love this. Yeah, love okay. So, so we got a battery and this stuff fills your cells. And the question is, um, where does this energy actually come from? You can't create energy out of nothing. You know, right. physics says, and uh, I don't believe all of physics, but um, this sounds pretty reasonable to me that you can't create energy out of nothing. You can only uh, convert one kind of energy into another kind of energy. And so we got a battery here, and the question is, well, what, what, what builds, what kind of energy, uh, we got electrical energy, but what kind of energy comes in 
uh, to build the electrical energy. And it turns out, we did experiments, it turns out it's light. Um, just like photosynthesis, you know, uh, photosynthesis, uh, the first step in a very complicated, lengthy process, which is not very well understood, is that light comes in, and the first step is that the light splits the water into H plus and OH minus. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's exactly what what we found, and uh, and therefore, you know, it it might be that what we found is a, a generic kind of first step of photosynthesis, where light comes in, splits the water, and we know what happens. See, that's the advantage to um, to our studies in 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 photosynthesis, they don't know what happens. They just know that the water is split, um, by the way, with 100% efficiency, that first wow. step, is water split into OH minus and H plus. But I think um, you learn, as I learned in middle school, that plus and minus attract one another. And so, so if the water splits into OH minus and H plus, what you'd expect is that the two uh, uh, will will uh, immediately come back to one another, and and so so how do they stay apart? Well, we we found how they uh, they can stay apart, and uh, I'll just end my monologue uh, by saying: see, the easy structure is a a bunch of sheets that build upon one another, molecular sheets, and each sheet has a honeycomb. Uh, uh, character to it, like an array okay. of hexagons. And the hexagons are really small. And the positive charges, the protons that are kicked into the water beyond the exclusion zone, they immediately attach to water molecules, giving you a so-called hydronium ion. This is very commonly known in chemistry. And so it's like positively charged water. And of course, that positively charged water wants desperately uh, to combine with the EZ, negatively charged EZ, because plus and minus attract. But it can't do it because it can't get into those hexagonal pores. They're too small. So it, it's excluded. And therefore, the minus and plus remain separated from one another. And that's how we get the battery. So I think, I think it's probably prudent for me to stop here and, and I'll respond to your questions. No, that that's incredible. And I, I absolutely love diving deep into the chemistry of things like that was part of my undergraduate research was actually looking at like crystalline structures. Oh, um, I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. So and I was even curious a little bit more about and I know you, you've already gone through it, but just maybe even going a little bit deeper into that actual positive and minus like the hydronium ion you were saying is that h3o i would assume h3o plus if yes. I'm remembering. okay yeah okay yeah yeah and then you're saying in the exclusion zone the exclusion zone water is negatively charged Correct. and Correct. what would that like that's just h2o no what would that be not yeah. h2o because h2o is neutral it's h3o2 right, right. Okay, okay, so that if makes sense. Think about it, if you had H4O2, that would be double H2O, and it would be neutral. So right. instead of H4O2, you have H3O2, which means you've removed one of the positives, and therefore it's negative, yeah. as the experimental oh. results dictate. 
That's so so cool. I love I love that. So now going off of this, you've already started mentioning how this is what's in the body, this kind of gel-like fourth phase exclusion zone water. Right. What are the different, I guess, properties of the water specifically in the body? Uh, well, um, uh, in the body, I mean, you're, you're saying specifically about in the body as opposed to generally? Or, or, or really, probably the better question would just be in general, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. it's a viscous kind of water, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, uh, organized. I mean, the molecular structure is regular, and you can actually determine that, uh, determine that by measuring uh, birefringence, and you could see that it's, it's birefringent, which says that it's ordered. Uh, uh, it has charge, uh, uh, and it's typically uh, negatively charged. There are certain odd situations where it can be positively charged, but uh, um, it, it's pretty unusual, and therefore I, I don't spend much time uh, talking or thinking about it, but we have found that. But it's mostly uh, negatively charged. So um, an Im implication of that is that, you know, if your cell, if your cell is filled with negatively charged easy water, fourth phase water, if you stick yeah. an electrode in the cell, it's going to register negative electrical potential because it's filled with negative charge. And the more the more of this negative charge uh, that's in the cell, the, the uh, higher the magnitude of that electrical potential. So our cells are typically minus 80 or 90 millivolts or something like that. And uh, in, in my view, it's a reflection of the easy water con con content. If you read the, the uh, uh, biochemistry or physiology or whatever book, you'll find a completely different explanation. And the explanation is that the reason the cell is negatively charged has nothing to do with any fourth phase water. It has to do with uh, membrane the pumps and channels oh, okay. that are supposed to be in the membrane. And, you know, and they work in, in some sort of uh, uh, concerted way. And, and if you stick an electrode in the cell, you explain the negative electrical potential by the action of these membrane components. I've written uh, a paper and uh, a content of a couple of books arguing that that's not true. It's simply not true. And that the electrical potential comes, as I suggested, from simply from you know it's it's got it's got negatively charged water, easy water, and therefore it's got to have a negative electrical potential. And I, you know, in the limited time that we have, I won't go through all the arguments uh, uh, for this because it is an unpopular view. I must say, uh, almost everybody is believing that it has to do with channels and pumps. But here's a here's a a funny observation, you know, if you, the cell, the cell is like a, a gel, um, and it, it is gel-like, you can, you can mm -hmm. feel the content inside, it's been known for 60, 70 years, a whole book was written on that, and it's surrounded by a membrane, and, and if you, um, if you take, take a gel, no membrane, no pumps, no channels, and stick an electrode in, um, what, what do you get? You get a negative electrical potential almost essentially the same as the cell. Uh, 
uh, no membrane, no pumps, no channels. So, you know, it, therefore yeah. it's kind of hard. It's hard to argue that, that the negative electrical potential comes from the membrane. <laughs> At least it doesn't make logical sense. So that's only one of numerous arguments. Uh, so I think it's actually a lot simpler. It's simply that the cell is filled with easy water. Easy water is negative, and therefore you get a negative electrical potential. And if a cell is healthy, uh, then you get yeah. the full negative electrical potential, you know, like uh, uh, 80, 90 millivolts neg negative. And uh, if a cell is unhealthy, for example, pathological kidney cells, uh, cancer cells, uh, their potential is not minus 80 or 90, or they're, they're minus 10 or minus 15. Oh, wow. Interesting. They're missing, they're missing a lot of easy water. Uh, the cells are mostly, the water inside the cell is mo mostly ordinary liquid water, bulk water in, in, hmm. in those cells and not easy water. So um, if that's true, you know, then logic suggests that, well, what you really do have to do in order to restore health you got to rebuild that easy water. And there are uh, at least a half dozen actually more ways uh, to do it, uh, simple expedients that can be used to build easy water. And some of them have already, it turned out, it, uh, it's clear that they do restore health. Um, if you want, I could, you know, yeah. I could go. <laughs> okay, well. I, I, I'd love to go into like, you know, the, what depletes easy water within the cells and i'm assuming just disease in general maybe inflammation maybe you could elaborate on that and then yeah for sure those ways to restore it yeah well inflammation so what is inflammation i've never never been able to uh, uh, to 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 find an explanation of inflammation you know a definition <laughs> i've really tried yeah. hard and and you know it there's a discussion of what in what symptoms you have with with inflammation but never a real definition so it's a little hard sure. to you know to argue but i i'm i'm presuming that uh during inflammation that the easy water has turned turned into ordinary bulk water you see uh when when the cell when the cell has is filled with easy water not much can happen it, it's like um it's like having a cell that's ice you know, it's not ice, but but um, right. yeah, a crystal inside the cell, and you know, inside a crystal, not much can happen, not much can move around, and not uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there has to be there's something that doesn't fit that that observation, and and what doesn't fit is actually described in my cells, gels, and the engines of life book, two thousand one, is that the cell undergo in order for the cell to become activated. Uh, the cell undergoes a so-called phase transition. And this transition is a well-known phenomenon in chemistry and physics. Um, it involves a complete change of the cell. And I, uh, I produced evidence in the second half of that book uh, that um, what happens when the cell goes, in, it goes from, from its uh, quiescent state to its active state, like, for example, for a muscle, the muscle is not contracting, then it starts contracting and then it stops again, or a nerve cell uh, that starts conducting and then stops, et cetera. When, when the cell moves into its activated state, um, there's a phase transition that occurs. And that phase transition means that the water transitions from easy or 
uh, fourth phase water into ordinary liquid water. And when it's in that phase, a lot of things can happen. You know, stuff can move around, uh, en enzymes can, can move, uh, 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 molecules can be absorbed, molecules can be ejected, uh, et cetera. And then when the action is over, like when the contraction stops, the cell returns to its initial state, which is a state, the state where the water is ordered and the proteins uh, in the cell are in their extended configuration back back to uh, the initial state. And that's where the energy is required. So that's, for example, that's why uh, your muscles, um, uh, if they're, they've been contracting a lot mm -hmm. and, and you want them to relax, they don't always relax uh, if, if they're depleted of nutrients and such. You, you get a, bo uh, a, a bolus of uh, a, a clot. No, no, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, a contracture, right? It doesn't, the muscle usually doesn't relax. Um, and, and you can get it to relax again if you, uh, if, if, you know, certain expedients are applied, like a massage or time or et cetera, et cetera. So, so the bottom line is that uh, cell action involves, it starts beforehand with easy water and extended proteins. And then there's a transition, a sharp transition, where uh, the water uh, undergoes a transition to, from structure to uh, ordinary bulk water. Uh, mm -hmm. And the proteins are then contracting or moving around in, in, in certain way, folding. Uh, and that folding really constitutes the action uh, that the cell, whatever it's designed to do. And then it goes back again to the uh, initial state. So that's a, you know, a critically important aspect. And, and, and of course, in order to go through the cycle, initially the cell needs to be filled with easy water. And if it doesn't have a full complement of easy water, it's going to be dysfunctional or even pathological. Yeah. So as I said, you want to, you, you want to act to restore, build up uh, the easy water. It's really simple. And that, so what you can do is, um, well, uh, first of all, you can drink a lot of water, uh, which I myself don't do enough of, uh, because the water that you drink, uh, some of that water will be converted naturally into easy water. Uh, there's plenty of plenty of, uh, uh, of surfaces inside the cell to build it, and plenty of energy. Uh, it's actually, I said light, but it's infrared light that is just beyond the visual uh, visual spectrum that's responsible, and uh, and. And it comes in from all over outside your body. You can't get rid of it. Uh, and it's also from the core of your body because the core of your body is generating heat. And heat is roughly equivalent, not exactly, roughly equivalent to infrared energy. So, so the water that you drink, uh, some of it turns into easy water, uh, which is what you need. So drink a lot of water. Uh, the second is to drink... drink um, uh, water that contains easy. And the way you can do that, you can either um, get it from certain companies who suggest that their water contains fourth phase or easy water. But, you know, most of those cases, it's not so well documented. So there's, okay. there's been some concern from a lot of people. Is, is it snake oil or is it, is it real? 
and you know I can't give you an answer, uh, but that's one possibility. Uh, the other possibility is to go to your backyard garden and take some freshly grown plants, uh, remove the leaves, crush the leaves to squeeze out the water and drink that water. And you know it doesn't taste great, but you can disguise it by putting some kinds of flavor in. But what is, what is that water? Well, that water is the water from the inside of plant cells. And just like our cells, plant cells, especially vigorous, young, healthy uh, plant cells uh, are just filled with easy water. So by, by juicing, so-called juicing, what you're, the juice that you're drinking uh, is, is essentially, it's really rich in easy water. And that's why, um, you know, many uh, uh, health practitioners that I've spoken to, they say, hey, this is really easy. Whatever your patient is suffering from, tell them to go to their backyards and drink that, that water. And what I've heard uh, anecdotally uh, is patients come back a few months later and whatever, whatever it was that their issue happens to be, it, it's better, you know? So, and it's, uh, some people ask the question, uh, which is maybe not immediately obvious. Uh, how, if you drink easy water, how does that easy water get into your cells? How does it know where to go and such? And, and I think it's uh, uh, probably not a, a direct transit from what you drink uh, to the cells. I think it right. has, has to do with something else. Um, you know, that water, easy water is negatively charged. It's filled with electrons and electrons can always travel down their uh, concentration gradient or toward a positive charge. They're, they're basically free, free to move if there's even modest conductivity. So when you drink, uh, the easy, rich water, uh, it must be filled with negative charge, with electrons. And those electrons will seek out regions where that are electron deficient. And we found in the laboratory, if you put electrons in water, uh, bulk water, if you, if you drive the electrons with, with an electrode into the water, the water actually transitions to easy water directly without any nucleating surface. So- Wow. So it's, I think the bottom line is that if you, if you drink easy water, it's probably the charge, negative charge, uh, that quickly radiates or just diffuses uh, throughout your body to places where it's needed and builds easy water. So that's, that's the second um, uh, expedient. The third, there are six of them that I'm, if it's okay, I- Let's do it, yeah, I love this. Okay. Well, the third one is um, to go out in the sun. I live in Seattle and uh, in Seattle in the winter time, there's not much sun. Um, there are a lot of clouds and, and when the sun breaks through, uh, people have smiles on their faces, just like the smile I see on your face. Uh, um, and they usually- I'm smiling because I, I actually uh, lived up there for a few months. I worked at Boeing and uh, I was in there in the winter months too, and I can relate. There was <laughs> little sunshine. <laughs> There's little sunshine, uh, you know, and uh, and then you know if the sun peeks through, then suddenly there are smiles on people's faces, uh, right? You've noticed that in your face too, I'm I'm sure. And the usual interpretation is that, well, it's a psychological effect, and that 
certainly could be true. But there's another possibility. Uh, it could still be under the realm of psychology, but that infrared light that builds easy water uh, goes through your skull. Uh, it's been demonstrated that it goes through because you can actually image your brain by from an external infrared source, which That's goes cool. through the skull to the brain, gets scattered and uh, returns again through the skull to a collector. And, and therefore you can image uh, your brain uh, with this technique. So demonstrably the infrared gets through. So what is it gonna do when it gets to the brain? Well, it's gonna build easy water because um, that's what infrared energy does. And if it builds easy water, then your brain cells will return to their so-called default state, which is not feeling depressed or, or sad, uh, but feeling pretty good. You know, we're born that way. And uh, uh, so that's another expedient. Now that's number three. Number four is the extreme of that. Uh, and that is a sauna, or as the Finns say, sauna, um, and the Russians say banya. Um, and so what is that? You, you, you just go into where there's extreme heat. It could be moist heat, it could be dry heat. Uh, I, I don't really think it matters a whole lot, but okay. you're exposing your entire body to infrared energy and infrared energy builds easy water. So um, you, you go into the sauna um, feeling uh, pains in, in your, your legs or your arm or whatever and feeling tired and out of sorts and you know 20 minutes take off your clothing get exposed to all that energy and come out take a shower and you feel like a million dollars i've had that experience myself uh it's 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 powerful okay so that's that's another possibility fifth a fifth one is uh to take various herbs okay now what what herbs are we talking about well right. you know since uh since Ayurvedic times, uh, uh, like 5,000, 10,000 years ago in India, uh, people were taking various herbs, including turmeric, uh, um, so-called holy basil, uh, uh, ghee, or clarified butter. And all of these things uh, appeared to be good for health. The Ayurvedics knew something about health that perhaps we don't know as well. Uh, and uh, and so we were we were wondering, uh, you know, how is it possible that, for example, turmeric, um, turmeric is known to reverse all kinds of uh, of issues taking place in the body, uh, uh, all over the body. And so, so we're we're trying to think of the logic of all this. Either there are turmeric receptors all over the body in different organs, or more simply, it has an impact on the water builds easy water, which then fills the rest of our body. And, and that's a simpler uh, kind of interpretation. We did the experiments and we found exactly that, uh, that at modest concentrations of all of these agents, uh, the concentrations that would be relevant to what's in our body, uh, uh, they all built easy water. Uh, and so it looks... Uh, um, it, it looks like these various agents that come mostly from Ayurvedic, some from Chinese uh, um, uh, culture, probably uh, work um, improving your medical status, probably work by building easy water. We can't 
can't prove that that's the case, but it appears to be the case uh, based on what I've just told you. And finally, uh, uh, and, and really quick on that. Now, are those were those experiments like done outside of the body or like within the body? And outside the body. Okay. Uh, yeah, we we had a, a little chamber like I described to you early, where we we have a, a gel and the water and the microspheres, and and we see an exclusion zone, uh, a few hundred micrometers or half a millimeter or so. Um, and then we we uh, apply the agent in various concentrations, and then concentrations that are you know reasonable, uh, the, the the kind of concentrations we'd expect from eating some of that. Uh, we find that the exclusion zone grows, um, and and we we presume that you know uh, uh, that the, the process is probably similar inside the cell because we're talking about the same thing yeah. except measured outside or inside the cell. Uh, so we can prove that, but uh, that's an, an assumption. So right. in, the, in the case of Guy, that was a that was a champion. Uh, next to Guy, we can find exclusion zones that are roughly a millimeter in size. You don't need a oh wow, that's cool. yeah. You don't need a microscope, anything like that. You just look and you can see it. Uh, and that's why you know in India, Guy is very popular, and I guess the mm -hmm. Indians retain their health um, uh, through Guy. Okay, so now, then, were, were there any like herbs or anything you tested that didn't produce yeah. the exclusion? Uh, there was one that we tested, and that was glyphosate. Uh, oh, that so glyphosate, sense. you know, it's uh, it's the weed killer uh, that's yeah. used by some of those industries uh, uh, to kill our our weeds. And the question is whether they also kill us. Um, uh, there's been there have been a lot of studies, and uh, they've been um, adeptly compiled by Stephanie Senef, who's uh, had many, many presentations and shows convincingly that this, this is an issue for us. You know, if we fruits that have been sprayed or vegetables, uh, it's not good for us. Uh, and and yeah. various clinicians trying to rid our body of the uh, glyphosate. So, um, so so we we tried glyphosate, and at every concentration from a zero upward, it either had no effect or uh, even at very low concentrations, it began to diminish easy water. And at, at concentrations wow. that might be relevant, it was quite a, a large uh, a diminution. So, you know, we did that as a, a sort of control because we actually didn't expect that it would expand. We expect it brings up an issue of uh, poisons in general uh, and how they operate. You know, and it could be that many of the poisons operate through dehydration. Um, this is what we're talking about is dehydration. Uh, it, it removes some of the easy water from the cell. And since the cell is filled with easy water, um, uh, the cell becomes dehydrated. And, you know, I've wondered uh, about some of the other poisons, wh whether they might work uh, in the same way. But I've kind of been reluctant because I don't, a lot of the experiments are done by young students, and I don't like to expose the young students to poisons, uh, you know, because yeah, uh, sure. they're, they're not they're not so experienced, and they they could easily do something wrong. And uh, so, anyway, we haven't yet studied other poisons. Okay, so should I go on? There's a sixth one. Absolutely, yep, yep. There are actually more, but uh, a sixth one. <laughs> 
so uh, uh, what what uh, what are we talking about in, in uh, this uh, uh, sixth one? It actually is uh, grounding yourself to the earth or connecting yourself electrically to the earth. I was going to ask about that with the flow of electrons stimulating the structured water. So yeah, yeah go that's on. That's exactly right. You got the answer. Uh, yeah. So uh, this has been known for some time. People have studied grounding or earthing, so to speak. And we don't, it used to be if we walk barefoot on, on the wet grass that we're, we're grounding ourselves. But, you know, most people wear shoes and the shoes uh, contain uh, leather uh, soles and the leather is an insulator. So we're actually insulating ourselves from the earth, electrically separating ourselves. Although some companies now uh, have metal plugs <laughs> in the soles so that you're actually connecting yourself to the earth. So what happens? Why, why should connecting yourself to the earth make a difference? Well, uh, we learned, I learned, uh, that the earth was neutral. Um, and I, I actually studied electrical engineering before I moved into these, these areas. And, and no professor ever even hinted that the earth was anything but neutral. You know, you plug in the third prong into the receptacle, and that's a ground. It's connected to, to zero electrical potential, the ground. So when I heard from a Russian colleague who said um, that the Earth was negatively charged, I said, Andre, you must be on some kind of drug. I, I never heard such a thing. And then the next day, after he told me, uh, one of the students uh, brought in Feynman's lectures, uh, you know, the great uh, Nobel uh, the Einstein of the second half of the last century. Um, and, and his lectures are read by almost every graduate student in physics. Volume two, chapter nine is all about the evidence that the earth is negatively charged and that there's uh, an electric field that occurs uh, between the ionosphere, which is positively charged, and the earth, which is negatively charged. So not only do we have a magnetic field, we have an electric field. Anyway, the Earth is negatively charged. Um, I, I, I must admit, I, it was a real shock to me, so to speak, uh, about the charge. Uh, but it, it's there. The evidence is there. And I have never seen anything to refute that evidence. It's just that we don't learn about it. And Andre's, yeah. Andre's comment that, that every middle school student in Russia knows that, it, it's sort of true because I, I asked... Uh, some Russian scientists I know who are of contemporary age, and they said, oh yeah, we learned that in middle school. But I also asked some uh, younger Russians if they knew it, and they never heard of it. So apparently uh, the Russian educational, educational system is kind of thinking that it may be less important, uh, you know, and uh, so there we are, okay. So, uh, so anyway, that, uh, and the reason so is, we're actually absorbing, we, we're connected electrically to the earth. Um, we absorb electrons from, from the earth. It's negatively charged. And mm -hmm. the electrons just seep into our body and into regions that are insufficiently negatively charged. And, and when they do so, they build, they convert the water into easy water and they restore our health. And that's, that's at least the reason that I'm, I'm thinking, although there are other reasons given by the people who have been studying it for many years, but I, I think that's the simplest explanation for why 
earthing or grounding produces improved health. So anyway, there are a half dozen expedients, uh, really, really simple uh, to use that um, that that build health. And and the the commonality of that is that they all build easy water. So I think when you have full cells that are full of easy water, uh, you're probably really healthy. And when your cells are less filled with easy water, you're not so healthy. Yeah, well, no, that was pretty cool stuff. I honestly really enjoyed all of that. And I know we're getting really close on time, but is there any kind of future direction maybe of the research around easy water that you think that you think the research is headed in or anything like that? Well, uh, um, okay, I'll say two things. Um, um, there are some practical, so-called practical, unquote, outcomes, um, technologies that come out of, uh, of these fundamental studies. And, you know, we ourselves, we're focused on fundamental studies, not on the commercialization of stuff. Uh, money, you know, if someone puts a million bucks into my pocket, I'm happy. I won't reject it. But the driving force for me is finding truth in nature. And that's what I, I, I want to do and I want to keep doing. Uh, and and, um, and so, so if I were to talk about particular uh, directions, there, there are really many. Uh, I'm not sure where, where I would start, but I, I guess I would, I would focus, I'd emphasize uh, the, um, uh, uh, the vision of various technologies. So what are they? Well, the simplest one to think of is... is uh, is getting electricity from water and light. Uh, we've demonstrated proof of principle. You stick one electrode yeah. in the negative EZ, the other electrode in the positive, and you get electrical current. The remaining question is, can it be scaled up to be practical? And we don't know the answer, but this is an obvious way to go. There are still, there are still some fundamental studies that need to be carried out to make this possible. And, and we'd be happy to do it with, we need funding though. Our, yeah, no, our sure. lab is uh, very, any, anybody who's doing work that challenges the mainstream views has great difficulty getting money, and we're in that same category. Uh, so we'd need money to do those fundamental studies, but this could be a bonanza for the world, uh, you know, getting electrical energy from water and light. Another, another development that we've been working on for a while is filtration. So... Uh, and we have a, a mechanism, and, and so if you, if you, if you put, well, let's say, if I can describe that without a diagram, let's say you have a black box, uh, and into that black box you put water, uh, and that water uh, um, contains impurities. So uh, if the black box somehow separates easy water from the rest of the water, creates easy water that water will be free of contaminants and all the contaminants uh, will be pushed to the bulk water, to the regular water. So all you need to do is to collect the easy water and you have water that is not only contaminant free, uh, but good to drink, good for health. And we've done that. Um, it, we call it our filterless filter because it's got no, uh, has no filter, no physical filter to clean or replace or whatever. It's, it's straight through. And we've, uh, we've improved this device. We've improved the flow through, the uh, throughput. 
and it remains to be seen, you know, um, and, and hopefully uh, uh, it, it can develop into something that can be really useful, simple ways to remove contaminants from water that we drink or water in the ocean or, or what have you. Yeah. And, and a third one, which is closely allied to what I just told you, is uh, to think of salt water, to think of the salt as a contaminant in the water and remove the salt in the same way uh, as we would remove the contaminants. You know, the salt would go right. into the bulk water and be removed from the easy water. So you then collect the easy water and you have a drinking water. And the only energy that you need for this is the energy uh, is infrared energy that is from the sun. So we just got cut off at the very end of the episode, but we were extremely excited and honored to have Dr. Pollock on today. He's a wealth of knowledge and shared so much great information. So with that said, thank you so very much for tuning in and we will see you in the next one. The content provided by the Synthesis of Wellness LLC via its podcast and domain is for informational purposes only and should not be used as medical advice or as a replacement for medical care. The Synthesis of Wellness podcast, synthesisofwellness.com, the Synthesis of Wellness LLC, and Chloe Porter disclaim responsibility from adverse effects resulting from using the content provided. Please seek and consult a licensed physician for your health and medical needs. Furthermore, Chloe Porter and the Synthesis of Wellness podcast are not responsible for the opinions of guests featured on the podcast.